Hello everyone and welcome back to our latest edition of Talking Taxis, putting you in the picture as we tell the true story of life as a Glasgow taxi driver. My name is Brian Welsh and today we are attacking perhaps the hottest topic for the trade right now, Glasgow's low emission zone, the LEZ. Today we will ask, are our taxi drivers simply reluctant to change or are they justifiably aggrieved by the actions of Scottish Government and Glasgow City Council? We will offer the taxi trade's view on the LEZ, its problems, its solutions and the impact on the city's transport. We'll also explore the support funding options which have raised a few eyebrows and discuss the long-term future of the taxi trade in Glasgow post-LEZ. Now we can expect the council to be mentioned, so do listen out for our council klaxon. And by the way, if anyone from the council is listening, we'd love to have you on Talking Taxis to give your perspective a right of reply please get in touch. But for now, strap yourself in and let's find out just what Glasgow taxi drivers think of LEZ. Busy today, listener? Taxi! Right, we have three taxi operators champing at the bit to express their opinion, so let's quickly introduce them, then get tore right in. First up is David Farrell. Always a pleasure, David. How are you? You all warmed up? I'm good, well, she all ready to go. What warmed up and everything <laughs> bar how cold it is in here. <laughs> well, I'm sure things will heat up very, very quickly. Uh, next is John Lundy. John, great to have you here. How are things today? I'm doing very well, Brian. Nice to see you again. Good. Likewise, and completing the four at this stage, it's Dougie McPherson, Chairman of Glasgow Taxis. Dougie, are you right up for this one? Totally. A very hot topic, Brian. Absolutely, absolutely. So before we get started, probably worth giving a very, very top line timeline of Glasgow low emission zone and sort of deadlines for the taxi trade, if you will. So um, going back to the LEZ's objective is, of course, to reduce levels of harmful vehicle emissions in our city centre, which, as the council say, can cause health problems, particularly for those most vulnerable. All vehicles entering the city centre zone area must now meet the less polluting emission standards or face a penalty charge. Phase one of Glasgow's LEZ began in 2018 and applied to all local bus services. Phase two, for all vehicles including taxis, was approved by government and formally introduced on the 31st of May 2022. General LEZ enforcement began on the 1st of June 2023. However, Glasgow taxi drivers were given a one-year extension to comply. That extension lasts until the 1st of June this year. Dougie, if you can kick us off just to explain what exactly is required to comply with these new standards. So in terms of taxis, what's required is the to do with the emissions from the vehicle, that they comply with the standards which are Euro 6 for diesel cars and, and taxis and Euro 4 for petrol vehicles. Now, no, nobody is going to argue against cleaner air in the city, um, less pollution, but the story so far for LEZ appears to be one surrounded by controversy. Where has it gone wrong to date? I'll start on that, Brian. I think it's gone wrong right from the planning stage without any doubt. And what I would refer to initially would be a consultation document published by Glasgow City Council where they print the reasons that the proposed scheme should be made and there's six points there a vibrant city, a healthier city a sustainable and low carbon city and they say that the, uh, the following strategic plan actions are supported Glaswegians are active and healthier Glasgow is healthier the city is clean and public spaces are well maintained that's the kind of responses I would expect if you asked Primary 7 to write down. 
what they want for Glasgow. Because in that, there's no substance at all. There's no bones about how this city is going to carry on in, in business. And some of these things, the city is clean and public spaces are well maintained. That shouldn't need put down in a strategy. That should be an absolute given. A fundamental service delivered by whatever administration is in place. And that's what I think it's important. I put my, my cards on the table here. I don't really care what colour anyone's rosette is. I only care who's making the decisions f for the city. I think the public have got real low expectations of what's delivered in Glasgow. I think they expect mediocrity from the governing body locally. And they get less. I, I, think, I think they do, David. And I think that's what a degree of comfort seeps its way into the council's decisions. Every so often there'll be a change of the colour of rosette, but it'll just be another degree of mediocrity as far as I'm concerned. What I would say is that those elected are supported by a group of officers who have the qualifications and the ability to do the right job, but they're stifled by the colour of the rosette, or currently the two colours of the rosette. I think I think that's where the big problem lies. Politicians, I think, are a bit like football referees. If you decide you want to be a football referee, that should immediately preclude you from being a football referee. And I think the same thing applies to politicians. Anyone who sets that out, particularly if they've had no experience in business, should immediately be set aside because it's, it's, it's really questionable that they'll, they'll be able to deliver for the city. I mean, the steam's already coming out of David's ears and you've mentioned football referees, you've thrown that in the mix, so I don't know what's going to come down Sorry, the line. Sorry, David, I didn't mean to do that. Please don't I mean, mention that, that, referees in my presence, will <laughs> you? This, this, this feels like, before we even get to talk about the impact in the trade, we're talking about the actual the reason for doing all this in the first place. Was Glasgow too determined to be seen to be the first net zero and to, you know, gain that reputation without actually considering the full effect of what was required to, to get there and do it too quickly. If I could come in again, I certainly don't want to be hogging the microphone here because we do, we do want to take this on to tax-related issues, yep. but I think you've got to start with that, with the headline here, yep. if, if you like. The fundamental design is absolutely questionable. So it's, it's, it's all about clean air, apparently. So in that case, why is there a line drawn round the city centre that doesn't look at the, the bigger picture of Glasgow? It may look at some questionable data that suggests that's the worst affected. But am I being cynical in suggesting that that's just a revenue scheme the City Council has come up with? Because the way it's been advertised, the way the penalties are set out, the way the information has been put out, it's basically saying to me, don't come to Glasgow. It's putting people off coming to Glasgow. It's been designed by people that won't be affected by it. It ignores the cornerstone of Glasgow, its businesses. I, I can come on to support that later with, with, with data that, that's available in relation to the spend levels in Glasgow at the moment. It's been designed by people, as I say, who have got two colours on their, their rosette at the moment. And it's a really difficult one to push back. And In preparation for this, I was doing a bit of reading, and... Something pinged up to me that I th thought was really interesting. And I'm, I'm sorry, sorry I'm going on here, guys, but uh, I don't have any... Sorry, we can edit you. I don't have anyone's heard of a thing called the Abilene Paradox. Right? So basically what you've got there is a group of people who either most or, in fact, all of the people 
don't agree with what they decide on. But you, your starting point is something that's quite emotive. So you talk about people's health or you talk about lung disease and everyone immediately goes, well, I need to support that and because everyone in here is going to support that. In the back of your mind, you're thinking, I want a bit more data on this before. And I, that body of people can come to a decision when nobody actually agrees with that decision. And I think in, in this instance, there may be an element of that, that we have battered down a route, battered down a political route, and we find ourselves in a situation that there is no way back from. Mm -hmm. And the next part of that is the strongest people in that group will drive that principle forward. They'll take that, what is decided to its conclusion, while all those around about them actually still doubt that that's the right, the right course of action. So, and facilitate it. So with that, I'll step back ah, and, and, let, and let somebody else come that, in on that, with, Brian. With that useful context, if you like, alas, the horse has bolted here and the trade has suffered and will suffer. What What is your take on it? I'll come to you first, John. People now just do not want to get near the city centre. It's not even just the, the taxi trade. Anybody that goes into to Glasgow city centre now, at any point, doesn't matter what day of the week that you go in, the place is dead. It's an absolute death zone. The council... That will collection going again. Yeah. Well, no doubt... They have, do you says, they went down this road and nobody wants to lose face and saying, I think we got this wrong here. Yeah. David, impact within the trade for you? Definitely. I mean, the thing is, to take it back to, to the bare basics, there's guys who, on the back of a pandemic, who had two years of some not working, some literally been on their knees while they were working, to I'd then give you a quick start on that. Aye, sure. When one of the consultation, it's, it's only it's only three minutes since you spoke on the mic, so you better get back <laughs> in again. I don't want to do get claxon. I don't often have a button in, but hey, during one of the public consultations, Glasgow Taxis was trading at fifteen percent of its normal business, and this roller coaster is still battering on unchanged. Mm -hmm. Sorry, David. Not a problem. No, listen, but uh, just stripping it straight back to. Uh, a normal taxi driver's point of view, coming out of that pandemic and people were struggling, to then be told, right, the low emission zone is coming in, whether there was consultation or no, I think there was some kind of consultation, but they never listen, they never do listen, so it's pointless, whatever they decide is going to happen, will happen. To then be told, you're going to have to buy a new vehicle or get your vehicle upgraded or whatever, way it was to become compliant, you were going to have to do that. Now that's, whatever financial cost that is to some people, it's a lot more. To others, it wasn't as much as it could have been. But to completely disregard the trade by just saying, it's coming in. Like it or lump it, it's coming in. And that's the main issue for me because there's guys that's going to be out of work. Absolutely no question there's going to be guys out of work. But you know who's not going to be out of work? See the people that work within the council. See the office bearers. See the guys that go in every day with their shirt and tie on. They're not going to be able to work. They just sit there and allow things to happen and somebody else will maybe put a wee protest in or somebody else will maybe say anything. But they care not a jot because there will be how many? 150, 200 guys that's going to go to work. Because there's, there's maybe 200 guys in who that's done nothing. 
because they keep thinking the grant will come, the council will come good, we'll be fine. Listen, this is coming in. Now we need to deal with this. That That's now the main issue. It's okay as talking about the reasons for it and why the council imposed it and all the rest of it. But we need to, as a trade, and individual taxi drivers need to now recognise this isn't going away. Yeah. This is not going away. Yep. The, the obvious question there was, how many do you think post during the first will finish up? Do we have a number on that, Dougie? Well, qu- clearly we, we're all seeing this from the perspective of Glasgow taxis. So we represent about half of the, of the taxis in the, the city. We're an older trade and we were going to lose some in any event through age and age of vehicle coinciding with the, the, the low emission zone. For context, I think it's important to say that only this week Glasgow City Council have written to all the operators and there are some concessions in there which will give those that have started the process are, are actively seeking to continue with a compliant vehicle or to become compliant, there is a light at the end of the tunnel for them. Sorry to get interrupt on that though. That's a completely retrospective issue though. They've reacted to what's going to be a major issue in the next six months of guys who are going to try and become compliant. When they were told two years ago, when they tra- when they started to implement it, give us a bit of time. Give us a three-year exemption and allow everybody to try and get their sale together, get their finances together, get whatever it was they needed to get together and sort it. But now they gave us a year exemption last year. Now they're talking about further possible exemptions, depending on the circumstances. It's all still a bit vague, but it's retrospective. Mm. They could have done it at the start and went, there you go. You guys work in the city. You guys provide a valuable service to the city. Here's some time to sort yourselves out. And it's never happened. Looking at it the other way, do you think, to an extent, if they'd given another year, another two years, there are some drivers who are just want to see out their time and that'll do? Definitely. I I, I, I think the trade's a bit like that. The trade will wait to the 11th hour. But you're talking about the timeline, David. 2017-2018 was the first consultation. We know it was coming. We knew it was coming from that point. We didn't know there was a pandemic, cost of living crisis and two wars coming. We didn't know that then. (laughs) What's the two wars? (laughs) Vernon Guinea, that. Not to be touched, that one. That's another event. <laughs> but since that time, or maybe not quite as far back as that, but certainly in the past three years, I've been banging this drum uh, under the title of Death by a Thousand Cuts, and I've delivered that to Susan Aiken, to Anna Richardson, to Angus Miller, to the entire Scottish Labour group of MSPs to the executive director of NRS, uh, to Alec Wilson, to countless officers and other, and other politicians, and highlighting all of the pressures that were, were coming to bear on the taxi trade in general. And the low emission zone was only part of that. Mm-hmm. Lots of nodding of heads in agreement, but nothing really changing. <laughs> Zero action. Nothing really changing at all. We'll maybe come on to funding in a, in, in a, way, in a, in a bit. We are only five months out from it. Mm-hmm. Another design flaw there. When the initial date was 31st of December of 2023, and it gets put back to the 1st of June 2024, that is not six months as they planned. That is five months. So there's some basic fundamental <laughs> errors. Maths gone wrong. 
Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we've got so many areas of this we could explore. I, this could I, go anywhere. It, could, it really could Branches go anywhere. What, on this one. What, 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 what have you done around the table? What have you done to be ready for, for the 1st of June? Well, I had two, two cars, one of which I went and bought a Mercedes. So that was built compliant. Mm-hmm. The other one was a slightly older Mercedes. So I applied for the grant funding, got it. But at that point, there was only one supplier in Glasgow that was actually doing the, the, the retrofit. And the timescales were just ridiculous to try and get the, the car done. So I ended up having to take it down to Ellesmere Port, just outside Liverpool, to the, the supplier and got the conversion done down there, got the car back up, everything working fine. But that one supplier in Glasgow is now no longer, as far as I'm aware, doing conversions. So Is it too many problems, that's why? Well, it never went anywhere near it. But whether Listen, that let's not pretend. See that um, my solution is the retrofit. I went. I'll, I'll go into that in a bit more yeah. detail. But there's vehicles now driving about with retrofit exhausts on them, and they're switched off. Can you they're explain causing that? Can problems? You, can, can you just because I'm conscious not all the audience will be familiar with taxi mm-hmm. terms. So first of all, the retrofit, and then explain what you've just talked about there, David. You want to? No, you go, John. The the retrofit basically is that. The gases that are coming out the the car have to be reduced. So it's a new exhaust system that they basically put on the the vehicle. And that cuts down particularly the nitrous oxide. Carbon dioxide is part of it, but particularly the, the nitrous oxide is what they try to cut down. So it's different catalytic converters and it's different sensors that are put on the, the vehicle. But part of it, as a, an operator, we had to put £1,500 towards it, but the cost of the retrofit was £7,000. Those costs have now gone up significantly. Mm-hmm. But even at the seven grand, how can you justify seven grand for technically a new exhaust, as well as bits and pieces that have been put on it, and the vehicle then runs on AdBlue? But as David quite rightly says, the ones that have been retrofitted are now developing a number of problems and you're quite right, some people have actually managed to switch it off. So the vehicle is now running back the way it was. Compliant vehicles driving about the city centre. That that are not compliant. Still putting out the original gases that they were putting out. So that's clearly an issue. I'm, I'm in a position right now where... I had an old TX, an old-fashioned style taxi, just to kind of describe it to everybody, which I had to scrap because it was non-compliant. So they gave me a £2,000 grant to scrap it. I then bought a second-hand Mercedes vehicle, which I was going to be able to retrofit at a five-figure cost, right? I applied for the grant, but because I was within a year of receiving the previous grant, I was told if I wanted the next grant, I had to pay that £2,000 back. So I waited until the year was up, went back to them. So after nine months, I'm told, you need to wait a year. After 15 months, I go back and they say, I'm going to hold you to your original application date. And still told me to pay back the two grand. By the way, I can see the disbelief in your faces here when you hear that. It's 100% correct, right? So... In one hand, they tell you... Yes. There's what you need to do to comply... 
But the minute you, you actually wait those time scales, yes. you still say, because you've applied previously, we're going to take that application. Yes. That just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So I fought with them back and forward and tried to get them to understand, look, this is what the situation is here. I'm doing everything I possibly can to make my, comp my vehicle compliant. But you're putting this barrier up in front of me. I ended up having to actually scrap my whole application, go right through the whole reapplication process again, so that I was beyond the year in terms of them now having a fresh date. And when I put that new application in, do you know what they said? Sorry, the grant funding's ran out. Seriously? Yeah. That's, that's a, a constant yeah. feature, this thing. It's the, ran yeah. out. The grant funding's like whack-a-mole. It keeps <laughs> popping up, but you try to grab it and it's away again. Well, the, to go back to John's figures as well, the initial grant funding round meant that the drivers were paying 1,500 quid and the retrofit cost was in the region of six and a half grand or yeah. something. The latest round of funding, the drivers are going to have to pay three and a half grand and the retrofit cost has gone up to eight grand. So... If you don't get that grant funding, you've paid for your second-hand vehicle, then you're paying another eight grand for an exhaust. It's costing you 20 grand to keep working. Yeah. So then, so that's me just doing it a cheap way. The guys that's went and bought a, an electric motor, a new electric motor, a new, a new Merc, between 50 and 70 grand. Do the council care? No. People are having to pay mortgages to keep working, just to keep working. The figures you're, you're throwing about here are quite astonishing, really, because not every member or driver or operator is sitting with that kind of money in the bank, understandably. Um, the city's got this big ask for everyone. The taxi trade is having to step up to meet that requirement, yet what was the funding solution and was it enough? There, there was no solution. The funding was flawed right from the right from the get go, and and those people that I mentioned earlier on, I've told them that that was flawed. What all of those funding solutions did was put, and either a new exhaust or a new engine in an old car, and that was paid for by the public. So some of these vehicles were brought up from London where they had already been decommissioned. Public money, ten thousand pounds of public money, had been paid to take these vehicles off the road. They're brought to Glasgow, where they get more public money thrown at them. Maybe another six or seven thousand pounds for an exhaust, or twelve thousand pounds to have a new engine fitted. So you're up to twenty-two grand that's been thrown at an old TX. Now the Scottish government will tell you that they've, they've supported the taxi trade to the tune of two and a half million or whatever it is <laughs> run about there. They blew eighty-six and a half million on that bottle return scheme. That would never mm. get out, n never get started. It crashed and burned. There were other examples they could have looked at, but they've stuck by this. Now, had that money been made available, the city could have taken itself to a much cleaner, more sustainable place. People who were in, ta in older taxis could have benefited for some form of grant. What we've got at the moment is these old cars that they need to keep for three years after mm -hmm. they've done the retrofit. Mm -hmm are getting older and older and the, the gap to, to go to a new vehicle gets wider and wider. There's, there's another strand to this as well. The cost of the retrofit pre-LEZ was about 1,500 quid. So now you've got the, the, the low emission zone in, the government, the council, the company, whatever it is they've done, they've managed to get this figure that's been plucked out of the sky that a retrofit now costs 
£6,750 plus VAT. Right, so it'll be 8200 quid. Somebody somewhere is making money out of this, and it's no taxi drivers. You're not going to tell me that the exponential cost from that retrofit, say, five years ago, has gone up 500% in that time. So there's a scam somewhere along the line here where they're making money, the money's getting filtered, they're drifting away somewhere else because that cost is unrealistic. But it's the taxi drivers that's having to find it. It's, it's unbelievable, the stuff that's going on in terms of this low emissions zone. But it's just all getting swept under the carpet. Because when I took my, my car down, I actually seen all the parts lying. And it literally was a new exhaust, two boxes, some piping, and a, a control module. And I looked at it and went, surely there must be a lot more than that. The car was in at eight in the morning, and I was back at five in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. It's all done. So in that one day, they've done that. And you can't tell me the price of an exhaust, seven to eight thousand pounds. That's what I'm saying. But there's, you're quite right, somebody is making a killing somewhere along the line here. I think what we do have is super subbing events here we're going to bring in. So, John Lundy, we're going to give you a bit of respite here. We're going to bring on John Coots because John will tell his own story, but he's on the road committed to to the next five years with a LEVC vehicle. So, John, welcome. Thank you. You've been sitting patiently in the sidelines, but we want to kind of just hear your story. What, Can you jump in there? So was it a couple of points? I'm sure you were. Well, feel free to, to First, cover in off. Aye, firstly, the LEZ is a scam. It's a money-making scam. The air quality was fine when the buses were done. The proof is there. Proof's the pudding. Plus, the buses got funded, which gets them my go every time. They funded First Bus and they funded McGill's. by Millions. No, not, not one offer to us guys, nothing. I did go for the LEZ, I went to the original meeting uh, way back before COVID in the uh, Royal Concert Hall. There were uh, everything to help us, it was like, we're going to help you with this, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Sounded good at the time, but now, a few years down the line, it's an absolute sham. I bought my motor, I got the interest-free loan through the Energy Savings Trust. It was great, fantastic. I couldn't afford it without it. Great motor. The charging, that's a different a different debate for a different time, probably. But they're absolutely stung us for charging as well. I charge at the house at 8 pence a kilowatt. If I bought to charge in the city centre, it's 70 pence a kilowatt. Wow. <laughs> Plus a pound connection. Is that just coincidence, John, or has that only <laughs> come in since the low emission zone has uh, well, came about? David, uh, the charging was free for years, right? Because oh, that was... was that was well, the way there, eh? that was the way they got you to buy it right to entice you in we had a taxi hub set up for us right after years of fighting which was full of public cars because it was free we couldn't even get on it as soon as they start to charge it's empty <laughs> so as I say 8 pence at the house 70 pence down there plus a pound connection plus parking you must be <laughs> <for> parking <laughs> That vehicle alone, John, must have been a significant cost to you as well. I mean, I got a loan for, I think it was roughly about 58 grand. It's frightening. What, what, what made you decide that was the right thing to do? I looked, I had a TX1 at the time, right? right? So I looked, I didn't want to go down the road a retro stuff because you're putting money into an older car and there was a threat of the four tests a year. Glasgow City Council kind of let that slip. Certain ages will be four tests a year. That frightened the life out of me because my 
TX1 that's going through a test, it's a thousand pound a day. Yeah, yeah. TV will tell you, right? Yeah. Thousand pound. Fourteen hundred pound. You then put a retrofit, whether it be gas or the exhaust, still an old vehicle. And if it was four tests a year, it would never be out the garage. So I decided, I looked at the fuel savings and things like that. It is a brilliant vehicle. It's a tremendous vehicle. But it's far too expensive. So I'm roughly, I'm 750 a month I'm for that. Plus now, fuel, because I'm using fuel on it now, because you can't charge during the day. Mm-hmm. It's too expensive. Yeah. It's £20 a charge. And it's like, at the house, £1.80 during the night. Mm-hmm. £20 at £1.80. It just doesn't make sense. As David says, it's people making money here. Yeah. It's people making money. <laughs> That's what you call an impact sub this, isn't it, John? What, what's the customer, the passenger experience? You, you What are the punters saying when you talk to them about Ellie's Ed, maybe when they're in your new vehicle? What kind of perspective do you get from, from Joe think, Public? I don't think any of the public I've, I've even spoken to are really aware of what's going on. No. They're certainly not aware of what's going on in terms of the taxi trade. And if you ask anybody, is it going to actually impact them? Nobody, I don't think, is even going to bother. They'll still come and do their shopping. It's not going to actually impact a person directly. So anybody I've spoke to... Indifferent. Aye. Completely Aye. indifferent. That's exactly yeah. the right word, that. I think a lot of people... I knew you were here for something. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people are still unaware exactly how it affects them. I get asked that in the taxi all the time. Does this... Will, will this affect me? And, <laughs> and when you start to talk about Euro 6 emissions and Euro 5, you've lost them, com- yeah. you've lost them completely. They're not interested. So what's the easy option? Go to Brayhead... Go to Brayhead for shopping. It's only when you mention the financial figures that they actually start to sit up and take notice. They get a fright. And they go, you kidding on? Uh, Just to keep working. They get a fright because you say to them, I paid X amount for this motor. If I want to buy another one, my next motor, I'm not getting interest free. So the cheapest way to do it is a PCP, which then is roughly four grand down, over a thousand pound a month. And everything's going up. Insurance has gone up on them. But that's where I'm arguing with the funding, John, has been all, all this public money that's, yep. get, that's getting blown on exhausts and, and, new, and new engines. You invested five years ago. You're now ready to change again. Mm-hmm. Your vehicle's prime yep. to drop into the second-hand market. If that had been targeted with funding support, by whatever amount, that would have been the catalyst for you to move up, your vehicle to move on, and the trade and the city yep. to become cleaner and more sustainable. We're not, sorry, Dougie, we're now in a position four months before the next deadline and we're still unaware as to whether or not the next round of funding is going to actually be made available. So so I'm I'm sitting in limbo right now. I've, I'm on a waiting list. Mm-hmm. I've done everything possible over the last 18 months to try and make myself compliant. I've not been able to get it done yet. And I'm still sitting waiting on a, a, an actual... Email, somebody for the council, somebody for the Energy Savings Trust being able to say to me, okay, in five weeks' time, seven weeks' time, ten weeks' time, the grant funding will be made available again. We don't know. We still don't know. And there's another few hundred guys in the same situation. And the clock's ticking, Davey. That's a tightrope. These guys are walking a tightrope. <laughs> clock's ticking. Yeah. Every yeah. day that clock's ticking. I'm all right because I've, I've yeah. done it. But yeah. I've got loads of pals out there. And... Davey spoke about the, the retrofits being, there's guys switched them off. There's quite a lot of them switched them off. A good pal of mine, E7, absolute disaster. 
switched off. Money's been paid. The garage has been paid. Cyber is it Cybrand? Waiting on name, shouting. We've got this part for mm-hmm. you. Or we know what's up. They don't even know what's up yet. Yeah. I've spoke to Cybrand on on many occasions because I've been trying to get a, obviously get this done. And one of their excuses for the current batch of retrofit exhausts for no working properly is, ah, but you're putting it on a ten year old vehicle. I said, wait a minute, your system's designed to go on a 10-year-old yeah. vehicle. That's why we need to retrofit them. Yeah. Aye, but you can't have it both ways. Your, your system's fine. I said, well, it's That's no fine, it's no working. I'm going to have to shell out this money to you. And it's no working. Mm-hmm. What, what are you going to do? It's no your system. David, they're also saying that, it, that it's causing issues in the vehicle as well. The person that I'm talking about, yep. the turbo blew. Two weeks after getting it done, the turbo went. And you're thinking, is that a coincidence? They don't want to know. Mm-hmm. You go back to that's not today with us. They're throwing money into stuff instead of at the very beginning. We spoke about this to you, but at the very beginning it was coming to everybody and saying, David, there's 20 grand for you, there's 20 grand for you. Dougie. Every every business owner, give them a, a set amount of just say 20 grand, yeah. right? It lightens the load a bit. You put it down on a new vehicle, it's all new vehicles in the city. But they were scrimping the statement, I think this was going to save them money. But it had to at least go alongside a three-year exemption, yeah. John. Yeah. Because that would have gave people yeah. time, time to make yeah. the decision that was right for them, yeah. whether it was a new vehicle, a second-hand vehicle, yeah. a retrofitted vehicle, whatever it was. But the time was never a factor. Yeah. Never a yeah. factor when it came to the council. We talked a lot about, it almost feels like an us v them situation here. Have you had allies, Dougie? Has there people been batting for the trade in the city? There must be people out there supporting you, surely. There is. And, and the output that came out this week came came from Glasgow City Council. Can it be understated that that, that, is, that is a definite benefit for the trade? There's no doubt about that. But it is late in the day and there are some clarifications needed and among that Glasgow sets it out sets itself out to be a modern attractive city and some areas of the council do a fantastic job the convention team bring delegates to the city by the hundreds of thousands the hydro brings the top entertainment to the city the city's full of good hotels these people need and expect a good public transport system they need a good taxi system to connect all these things together. And are they going to have that? Are they going to have that on the 1st of June? And are they going to have that for the next three years? I think we've really missed a trick mm-hmm. here to, to freshen up the whole of the city. They're going to put a dent on it, and that's the thing. Well, <laughs> it, 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 it totally is. The retail consortium, the, the, the figures are published there. Scotland's down by 2.2% across the whole of Scotland. Edinburgh is up by 6% in sales. Glasgow's down by 9.6%. Now, somebody's got to look at that and say, we, we, we need to turn this around here. Yeah. There was footfall figures that were down as well, weren't there? Uh, there, you know, there, there you can't argue with the figures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but the people within the walls of the chambers ignore them. Yeah. They pretend it's not happening. I've got friends that work in the council. I've got friends that can make decisions within the council. Unfortunately, no, and the taxi licensing board or like that. <laughs> but they're honestly blind to what's going on in the city centre. Yeah. Blind to it. 100%. I can point them out on a daily basis. People that walk up and down Argyle Street, Union Street, Hope Street, openly dealing in drugs, vagrancy, all sorts of stuff. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I've videoed it, everything. 
It's daily, a daily occurrence the fact that, the And fact, they don't yeah, think sorry. it's happening the, the fact this year is 2024 10 years on since the Commonwealth Games Was hosted in the city Obviously a pretty exceptional experience and event Fantastic. But where I don't think people have maybe ever been prouder of Glasgow Than at that point Given how we portrayed ourselves and how the, what, think, What's happened think, in the 10 years I, I think well, see, I think a big thing is that See the people of Glasgow They're still extremely proud of their city They still love it they still love all the things that Doogie just spoke about there. The problem we have is that that masks what's going on in the city, in particular in the city centre, because the city council, when the people within the chambers only hear that everybody in Glasgow continues to talk the city up, because we do. But at a grassroots level, there's an awful lot that still isn't quite right and getting the people that matter, the people that make the decisions to stand up and listen to that is the most difficult part. You said about allies, right? I, I, when I got my motor and it was a whole charging scenario, right? Try to get the hub, the promised as a hub. I've been in touch with Christy Mearns, for example, right? Who was at that time the assistant Lord Provost, Green Party, right? So you think you go to the Green Party, they're going to be for you. She come down, at this point, the council vehicles were using the charging points when they shouldn't have been using them. There's guys lying sleeping in their motors and she's standing next to me, we had a meeting down there. There's guys lying sleeping in their motors with their feet up, getting paid. Who's paying them? Public money, right? And she's like, oh, something needs to be done about this. And I'm like, go and chat with Wendy and tell them who you are. And I don't mean just one guy. This was every day. I was sending them emails constantly. You feel as if you become a pest when you're only trying to fight your corner because that hub was meant for us at the time. And you're trying to get on for a charge, and it just wasn't happening. I've wrote, I've done umpteen emails to them all. They're blinded in the, in the city council. They don't look outside the windies. The city is a shambles. We talk about the, the drug dealing, the drug. They're stabbing each other in the middle of the road. You come out of Central Station as your first point, and you go in that corner, and it's like 1970s San Francisco, boozing, punting, openly in the street. It's horrific. You tell you tell people that you know within the council that and they don't think it's happening. I've asked them to go and have a walk around that, yeah. but go and have a walk up Socky Hall Street. They're only interested, David, rain gardens. That's that, that, that's all that lanes. Rain gardens. What's a rain garden? A rain garden's a bit of ground that you abandon and don't need to maintain and you but you call it a kind of ecological situation. Okay. Saves you cutting the grass, David. Which is another, I've another topic. I've got a rain garden for this astroturf. <laughs> <laughs> have, have we're talking about the city centre, you've been focusing on yes. that. Have you got around the, the, the schemes of the city? All of these bits of public realm were abandoned years ago. They are derelict. There's demolition sites that have been left for nature to reclaim them. Conservation areas, Dougie, that's what they're called. That's the big word that he came up years ago. But all we're, all we're focused on here is... Aye. The city centre. It's horrific. It's bad. The first point I call, people come out that door, they'll get people at Greg's begging, pulling people. It's horrific. They don't, they, they blinded. If there was a photo shoot there the next day, they'd all be moved and the place would be cleaned up and they'd be there getting their photos took. I've got no, no political leanings at all. I don't like any of them, right, from the whole lot because they don't do nothing for us. And I'm fed up arguing with them and constantly emailing them about stuff in the city. If it's bins, taxi ranks, it's parking in taxi ranks. That's that's another that's a, that's a full podcast. That's yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I've got no political leanings at all. I don't no. like any of them. Was was a quote pretty, of the day. pretty I quote of the day. Absolutely. <laughs> what um, 
I mean, just about maybe three or four minutes ago, you did talk about with a bit of imagination there would have, could have been a solution here with X amount of yes. money to operators and a bit more time. Not rocket science, it doesn't sound like. What would we are where we are? What would your message, all three, I'll, I'll put this to you. Um, what would your message be to the council today? Look at other examples, look how other people are, are going about this same piece of business. Focus on how public money is, is being used. Consider has it been used wisely? Is the correct priorities being addressed? It's, it's that's not rocket science. That part of it, I think. I think that's fairly simple. Don't be so obsessed with some of the projects that are going on at, at the minute. We've not even touched on bike lanes at the moment, but it's very much part of that same narrative. Don't be obsessed with that, David. Open your eyes. Have a look and see what's going on. Listen, absolutely listen, because those drivers are going to go out of work. They're going to lose a number I don't know, but at the moment I would suggest maybe 200 who you could lose. Now, there'll be an act, we spoke about that, there's a natural wastage as well. Yeah. But that could be a, what's that, Dougie, a fifth? A fifth of the drivers gone? How does that help the city? Mm -hmm. How does that help? The transport hubs and the and the reliability of people to get for A to B and the visitors that come in and they want to go to other places, all the beautiful places that the council have put together. You know, your People's Palace and your Kelvin Grove Art Gallery and all the ones that they want to visit. And they walk out and they can't get a taxi. Or they, they walk out and they see a vagrant and they see somebody try to beg off them and that doesn't help. No. And a lack of taxis is a massive factor in that. But people just stop coming. The yeah. Glasgow City Council want private car oh, there's miles. a number there 10% already in December yeah they want private car numbers reduced people are not going to stop doing that if when they arrive in the city they can't get moving about yeah. public transport and we're part of public transport whether Glasgow City Council acknowledge that or not we are most definitely part of public transport but they don't do they that's part of the issue again they don't we're, we're categorised along with private vehicles I mean the, the other the differentiation that needs to be addressed is addressing those who are choosing to use their vehicles and those who need to use their vehicles. Ourselves, delivery drivers, anyone delivering a service needs to use their vehicles in the city. And people need access to vehicles to get around the city because the backdrop to this today, it's biblical rain out there. It's not very pleasant in Glasgow a lot of the time. So, you know, a good transport infrastructure is a necessity for a city like Glasgow. Yeah. They, they see us is an absolute pain. Instead of listening to us, no every case is the same. As David mentioned, a lot of older guys here, do they want to invest 70 grand when they're 60 odds? It's a lot of money. Puts them under stress. See, at 60 odds, you don't want to be under any stress. You want to be going to your work and enjoying that, seeing your final days out. No stressed about motors. That's a huge fact. Plus, encourage people to come into the trade as well. Encourage them. Speak to Glasgow Taxis, speak to them and how can we help? It's just, it's a barrier goes up and they don't want to know. Yeah. And they think that the stuff they've come up with is the best. It's not. It's not. And it'll cost them more in the long run. It will. If they gave everybody grants or the choice of a grant to buy a new motor, I would reckon most probably would have. Yeah. And listen to the problems. Taxi ranks in the city, things like that. They don't. They don't. They, they, they just don't listen to us. That's that. Losing battle sometimes. 
And a couple of questions left because I'm conscious time's ticked on in this hot topic. What have other cities looked at Glasgow and learned something from mistakes that have been made? Do you believe, well, believe that's the case? Well, we're speaking to Edinburgh at the moment. They're, they're in coming to the end of their extension period on the 1st of June, as are we. Their extension period was two years, however. So they're looking at Glasgow for some of the lessons that, that we've learned and, and they're engaging with with their local authority. Perth are, are doing nothing. Aberdeen, it doesn't impact quite so severely because of the choice of vehicles up there. They use saloon cars, so they, they don't have that vehicle type restriction. And Dundee, we're already well down the route in terms of electric vehicles. And again, it was a private car type of option yeah. that, that they were using. I think the shining jewel here has got to be Manchester. So in January of 24, Manchester announced it was submitting new proposals for an investment-led clean air plan to the government. It will be up to the government to decide which measures are included in the, in the clean air plan. This is from Manchester's website, which is also a far better website than Glasgow's. That's a collection. 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 Clean Taxi Fund grants proposed to be increased by 25.6% and so on and so forth. No penalties for the public and they've started where they should have started. They've made the city centre clean, they've made it attractive, they've got a tram system, they've, they've, they've set out that the fundamentals first, they're now funding the buses and the taxis. The people will come to it's Manchester. joined up thinking, you're not expecting that to come for Glasgow City Council. Are you? <laughs> 100%. I'm sorry, I do sound a wee bit uh, on the council's case here, but see what you're going through in the last couple of years, it really makes you a hell of a cynic, honestly. It does. It does. I'd absolutely get it, David. Substitute board just came up for David Farrell there. He's, he's away for an early bath. Oh, and Davy Farrell doesn't look too happy getting the hook and lets Welsey know it. That's not the first thing. <laughs> John Lundy, we're delighted to have you back. You've listened to... You've been sat on the sidelines listening to that. What have you, you made of what you've heard? There's one bit that I would like to throw in is that right from the very outset, what you were, were saying there, Dougie, if people had actually get round the, the table, if they were wanting to get down this road, there was really a very, very simple way of doing it. Is that if they'd said, Your car, 10 year old, 12 year old, pick a figure, you cannot have a car any older than that, then every single year you would have had a natural progression that cars would be culled off, you would need to go and get something that's compliant, that would allow vehicles, suppliers... Yeah, yeah, but even the, whether it's Ford, Mercedes, LEVC, they would know that there would be a number of vehicles going off the roads rather than just overnight, that's what we're, we're going to do. And it would probably have saved money let alone actually cost the money that it has or think about, oh, we need to put an extra 20, 30, 40 million pound, whatever that Manchester is putting in. If you had said, 10-year-old, we don't want any vehicles over than that and it's going to be effective from that date, whether we had a pandemic or not, yeah, they might have kicked it down the road for a, a year or two, but you would still have that in place 
And every operator and every owner would have known from that point, my car's turning 10-year-old, 12-year-old, I need to replace it. When you, you think back to the number of times going down Renfield Street, down towards the, the Central Station, you couldn't get down Renfield Street for buses and it literally was smog that was all and about you. And see, once they had done that and got all the older buses in particular, but it almost feels as if they were trying to put the blame that emissions are in the town on 1,400 taxis. Well, they did. They assigned 11% of the pollution to yep. us, Aye. which is a, a magical figure. Mm. I'm not entirely sure where that was plucked from. So do you think with the current COVID inquiry that's going on, the deposit return scheme, the low emission zone... Doing a great job, Doug, aren't they? Are, are the rosettes changing colour? <laughs> well, that could be a major thing. That could be another thing. That's probably for a different yes. different audience, isn't yes. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Two final questions. First one is I'm gonna give it magic wand here. You've all got one wish, so you can apply anything today to the LEZ, to the council, to the trade. What would you do in the here and now today that would help you? One thing. Wind the clock back to two thousand and eighteen. Time machine. A, a, a time machine, get it started again. Clever answer, Dougie. Good one. It's going to be the one that you two copy, isn't it? No. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> In some respects, with Doogie, is that if you could actually go back, but I still don't think it's too late that if they actually listen to us and say, look, this is the fundamental problems that we're facing here, and we actually have potentially some solutions for you, go and listen and take our opinions on board and it might save some people from exiting the trade and it might save a lot of operators a lot of money. But please, please, just go and listen to us for once in your life. Now that is a positive message. It's not too late. Listen to us. And again, we'll repeat, if anyone from Glasgow City Council is listening to this and wants to engage or come on to Talking Taxis, we'd absolutely love to hear from them because fair to say they've... They've taken one today and they certainly deserve the right to reply, so we'd love that. John? I would say stop the red tape stuff as well. Like David mentioned earlier on, he was trying to, to change and then it was hitting them at every point, right? That's ridiculous. And it's a wee bit like that with Energy Savings Trust as well. I'm looking for a second motor maybe. Give us the interest-free loan again because they don't give you a second time. Their excuses is, oh, you've had it once, but my motor's then going to take another older motor off the road. So see us that are ready to change. Let us change with a second. Yep. And just listen to us. Just listen to our point of view, because the retrofits are going to be a nightmare. I know that for a 100% fact. They're going to be a nightmare. Just try and help us a bit, Aye. the way you help the buses. That feels like a frustration. that We've gone through a lot of pain to get to this stage yet. The fleet that's coming out post 1st of June is, is certainly not going to be perfect, is it? So, right, what do you believe the future holds? What What is post June the 1st LEZ world in Glasgow going to be like? It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine for Glasgow taxis because it's not the, it's not the strongest that survives, it's those that are able to adapt and change and that's exactly what we'll need to do. Change, become more modern and grasp the trade that's going to be out there and, and take the rightful place that we we have amongst the, the, the other businesses in the city. That feels like a nice positive. Uh, I absolutely agree with you, is that a lot of the people will still be there 
whatever they decide is going to happen on the, the 1st of June, we will just have to take it, run with it, and absolutely make the best that we possibly can out of that. Because we want to try and do the best for the city, not let people down. And the vast majority of men and women that are out there doing this job are trying to do that on a, a daily basis. And we'll just do what uh, human nature does a lot of the time. We just need to evolve. March on. We just need to get on, Matt. Get the heat doing. Do our best. Go out there and do our best. What I hopeful is that there's more people going to come into trade, which I think it's starting to move. I, th I think the test has now changed. It's going to be an online thing and whatever. So that's a positive. Uh, hopefully more people come in. That's what I'm hoping for. So if you're out there and you fancy we change, it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll maybe cover that in a future episode, yeah, Dougie. But um, I think... Just in, in terms of closing remarks, uh, we've covered a hell of a lot today, but the one thing that cannot be disputed is how much you guys care for the city of Glasgow. It just comes across in everything you say. All these opinions that you've got come from a position of absolute pride in Glasgow and you want the best for it. So let's see what, what comes next. Um, that's plenty for now. A lively one for sure, and rightly so. A huge talking point for the trade covered today. And safe to say we've not heard the last of this one. So huge thanks to David, John, John and Dougie for their time and insights today. And we wish you all the best on the road to June the 1st and beyond. And thank you for listening. Please do like, share and, and give us your feedback. Uh, meantime, we're parked up for the day now and we'll see you again soon for another edition of Talking Taxis. Thank you. Ever wanted a job that lets you get out and about? Ever wanted a job that lets you be your own boss, working your own hours? Ever wanted a job where you're helping people every day? Ever thought of driving for Glasgow Taxis? You don't need to have driven a taxi before because we could help you go for your badge. We could even help sort you out with a car. So if you're over 21 and have had your licence for at least a year, go to glasgotaxis.co.uk. That's glasgotaxis.co.uk.